This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, um, if you don't have a Bible, you're going to see it on the screen behind me, but I like bringing my Bible to church. Anybody bring a Bible to church? A digital Bible, a real Bible? How many? Where are my, where are my real Bible people at? Come on, hold it up high. So proud of you. So proud of you. The rest of you, not judging you. Not judging you at all. Maybe a little. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start reading in verse 23. This is the Last Supper. Jesus uh, is getting ready to go to the cross. He has his disciples, his closest people with him. We pick it up in verse 23. It says, On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks for it, and he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. I want to jump over to Psalm 34, verse 18. You'll see it on the screen behind me in the message version. I like the way the message does it. I like changing up translations to catch different uh, things that I maybe miss. And it says this in Psalm 34, 18. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Don't you like, isn't that good right there? If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this title, I'm broke. I'm broke. Turn around to the person behind you and say, I'm broke. Look back at them and say, I can tell. It shows. I saw your 2004 Dodge Caravan in the parking lot. I already knew. I'm broke. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for this morning. God, again, I thank you for our country and the men and women that serve in every way. Father, we thank you for your heart for us. Thank you for our worship team. And thank you for this dream team that makes everything happen here on Sundays. I thank you for our guests that that showed up today, some for the first time, and it's unnerving, and it's risky, and they don't know what it's going to be like, and I just prayed today, God, they would just feel peace, and they'd enjoy uh, your house and your people. Holy Spirit, I'm asking today that you would help us. You're the helper. Would you help us today become more like Jesus, more in love with Jesus, help us follow Jesus? Holy Spirit, you can do more in a moment than we could ever do in a lifetime. We want to leave here more like Jesus, more in love with Jesus, and more passionate about his plan for our life. Thank you, God, for this church. And everybody said... I, I, love, I love the time of history that we're living in. I love technology. Where are my technology people? The rest of you? I don't know how, I don't know how you're functioning. I, I think it's an amazing day that we're living in. I was in Winnipeg last week, and for one day, I think that's amazing. That I went to Winnipeg for one day to preach two messages, and it flew me right back home. And as I'm traveling, I'm sitting in Montreal Airport, and as I'm sitting across from my gate, getting ready to fly into a, a home from Winnipeg, I see this guy go up to this vending machine. I don't know if you've seen these. Uh, a Best Buy vending machine. Have you seen these? Anybody seen these? I grew up, vending machines had things like chips and pop and, and Rolos in them. This vending machine has technology. It has, it has uh, iPhones and AirPods and it has all this stuff. And this guy goes up and he doesn't put quarters in. <laughs> he puts his credit card in and the machine goes and takes an iPad from the second row, drops it down, and he walks away with an iPad. I think that was the coolest thing ever. He's totally flexing his wealth at that moment. I'm like, dude, amazing. I'm trying to, do I have enough money for coffee? Do I have Starbucks coffee or Tim Hortons coffee? Because there's a difference in price. It's called Starbucks for a reason. And, and uh, I remember thinking, that is so cool. Technology has changed everything. My, Nancy was looking for a new car last year, and we traded in her old car, and we got a, we're looking for a used car, a good deal, an SUV, because of the snow, and I'm just, I want a nice car where I had a certain type of car I was looking for, and, 
I remember I looked all over online. I'd go to bed and I'd just search an auto trader and looking online. I just love looking at cars. And, and I, I love it. I found this car in New Glasgow area. And, and I was like, Nancy, what do you think about this car? She's like, I trust you. I'm like, I like this car. It's got a big engine. It's got leather seats. It's got DVDs. DVDs, guys, were these things we used to play, these round circular things. And, and uh, DVDs, it's got all this stuff. And, and uh, what was amazing was is I contacted them by email. They contacted me by email. I, I, I did financing through text messaging with their finance department. I bought the car through email without ever seeing it in person, without ever driving it. All the financing was done by text messages, and I, we drove up and picked up this car without ever sitting in it, driving in it, or seeing it in person. We drove away home. This is amazing. One thing about buying a car now that I love is this thing called, I think it's called Carfax. Anybody know what this is? It's the history of your car. It's like if your car had a Facebook account, you could go back and see what it did over the last 10 years. And the thing is, this, this, this Carfax, we looked at this other car in Halifax, and when we looked at the Carfax, the car was only $27,000, but it had 15000 in repairs last year. It was in a head-on collision. I'm like, that's not the kind of car we want. Carfax shows you when a car has been in an accident, when there's been ma major damage. And I've realized that, that we don't want a car that's been broken. Because I know it's going to be a used car and there's risk with that. It's got miles on it. So we want to know the history because if it's been in a real bad uh, wreck, if it's been broken, we want to stay away from it. Why? Because we realize that society doesn't like to deal with broken things. In fact, society tosses away broken things. Garbage day is a lot of broken things. Have you noticed that? You drive by. All of a sudden, you see old change tables from, from babies. You see old things. You see old lawnmowers. You see old things that are on the side. And we realize, as a society, we toss away broken things. When you go shopping for furniture, am I the only person that looks for the furniture that has a nick out of it because it's going to take the price down? Am I the only people? Where are my people at? Like, I'm looking for a deal. If it didn't have a nick, I'm going to give it one right now. Come on, somebody. You're, kind of, you're buying those dented cans of soup because you want to save those 50 cents, right? Because why? Because when something is broken, it lowers its value. Used cars cost less. Broken lowers the value. Here's what I want to encourage you in just a few minutes today is that it's different with God. The kingdom of God is different than the kingdom that we live in. It's different. It's upside down and, and, and it's right side up. And Broken does not equal loss of value with God. It's different. God actually blesses broken things. It's, it's, it's so opposite to what we know. Matt has a broken iPhone. It's got a hole in his iPhone. Someone needs to buy that guy a new iPhone or hand them down a Blackberry. Please, someone give him a Blackberry. We don't like broken things. Why? Because it lowers the value. It's different with the kingdom of God. God is different. He values broken things. Jesus sees beauty in the broken. This book is a story of Jesus running into broken people, and where people saw broken, he saw beauty. Where they saw a mess, he said, no, no, I got a message through this. People that are going through a test, he goes, no, no, they're going to have a testimony. And Jesus saw gold in the dirt. He saw diamonds in the coal. He saw beauty in the broken. I don't got time today to unpack it, but in Luke chapter 7, Jesus has this story. And he's traveling, and all of a sudden, this Pharisee, who was basically the local pastor of the day, who was full of religion, and they were known for focusing on the how and not the why or the who. They were fo so focused on how the church was run and, and, and how many songs and what people wore and, 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 and what the atmosphere was like. They're so focused on, on what they did and how they did it, they lost the why. Religion. Religion is just the, the how without the why. You can be religiously married. You can be so focused on what it looks like to be married that you forget the person that you're married to. 
Religion is forgetting God and focusing on the house and the what's. And this one man was a Pharisee, a religious leader named Simon, and he invites Jesus to his house. And Jesus and his disciples go into his house, and it says they're eating. Now, this man named Simon didn't welcome Jesus the way he was supposed to. In that culture, when you, someone came to your house, you greeted them, let them know they were welcome. One way you did that was to give them a kiss on the cheek. I'm thankful we don't do that anymore. That's a little awkward, especially No Shave November. Come on, guys. Like, it's a little awkward. I'd find that awkward. But another way they did that is they'd wash your feet. I guess it'd be today the same as taking your coat, come on in, and sitting down with a cup of coffee. And what you're saying is, I want you to know my house is your house. You're welcome. Here, come in. Make yourself at home. And the way they said that was by washing feet. Jesus didn't get that. Simon was, had Jesus there, but I don't think he really wanted him there. I think he was probably more suspicious in trying to find out what this guy was about. And he had him in, but the atmosphere was cold. Jesus and the disciples and Simon are eating. And near the end of it, this woman busts through the door. The Bible calls her a sinner. That's the title on her. They don't even say her name. It says this sinner said she was a prostitute. And somewhere she had met Jesus on the road. Somewhere she had met him prior to this chapter and somewhere she had heard him speak in public, and something rose inside of her hope that maybe she had value, because her life was a mess with shame and brokenness and a mess. But somewhere in a crowd like this, in a moment, on the road, she heard a man speak and thought, is it possible he believes what he says? Is it possible that though the world wants to shun me until they want to use me, is it possible that someone maybe still sees value in me. She busts through the door, overwhelmed by the life of Jesus. And it says she falls at his feet. At that moment, the whole room becomes awkward. You ever have those awkward moments? I had one yesterday in Moncton. Someone started telling a story that went awkward. At that moment, you think, how do I leave this room, right? You know, how do I leave this moment? At that moment, the disciples are like, this is awkward. What do we do right now? And this woman, who's obviously a prostitute, they know her story. Some, some in, the, in the group, maybe some in the room, maybe some of the helpers knew her all too well, what she did for a job. And in this moment, in this church setting with the religious leaders, all of a sudden this woman of a bad reputation and shame who's broken walks in and doesn't just come in, interrupts and starts crying. She falls at the feet of Jesus. As she's crying, her tears become so much. Have you ever cried like that? I have three times in my life. Where the, where the carpet or the ground around me was so wet from my tears. It was more than just sadness. It was weeping with no more control. And she's weeping with no more control. And she looks down and notices that her tears are actually falling on Jesus' feet. And at that moment, she realizes his feet are dirty. Which anybody knows in that culture, if you're going to welcome somebody, their feet would have been washed. And she's confused in this moment as her tears start washing the feet of Jesus, what water should have done. I've learned that tears come from a broken place. When things are broken, things in the cracks, things flow out of, and tears flow out of brokenness. In that moment, she's, she needs to clean. She wasn't prepared for this moment. She has no towel, so she lets down her hair. We have this saying in culture, come on, let down your hair. But in this culture, what it meant was when a woman let down her hair, it was actually very private, very intimate. It was meant for the confines of intimacy in marriage. When you let down your hair, what you're saying is, I'm completely vulnerable, I'm showing you all who I am. In that moment, she wasn't so much concerned with protocol, but she realized she had made a mess, but now she's gonna make the most of it, and she starts using her hair as a towel to try to clean up this man's feet who she has made mud on because of the tears in his dirt. Then, 
she takes this, 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 this box, this alabaster, this, this rock clay box hung around her neck, and she, it's full of perfume. The Bible says it would have been equal to a year's worth of savings. You know how she got that savings through her job. In her job, she had this around her neck because she would pour a drop out with her clients and it would be a part of the atmosphere and the experience to try to cover her smell and the smell and just the moment and try to make it the experience that people were paying for. She would use a drop. It was a part of the package she offered. In that moment, she takes it and with reckless abandon, she breaks it and pours the whole thing, one year's salary, out on his feet. Now the, the smell is now overwhelming the room. She's crying, her hair is down, Jesus is sitting there, there's awkwardness everywhere. And then Simon, the religious leader, rebukes her. His disciples start rebuking, going, what a waste of money. This woman shouldn't be here. This looks... Like a waste. And Simon, the one who looks complete, the one who looks whole, the one who looks like he's got it all together, judges the woman as wasteful. And I love this, and I love Jesus. In that moment, in the awkwardness, and the woman who's doing things she probably shouldn't be, in that awkwardness, he doesn't turn on the person that everybody else is looking at. He rebukes the one who actually owns the house, who looks to have it all together. I love Jesus. He flips the script and says, no, 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 no. You think you're complete? You're the one who's out of line. I came into your house. You didn't welcome me. You don't even want me here. You're doing it because it looks right. But this woman's doing with her tears and her perfume what you should have done. He rebukes her. And then in the verse 48 and 49 of Luke 7, he says to the woman, this broken shell of a woman, your sins are forgiven. You are actually whole. In this room, you are actually whole. Go and sin no more. Two things I want to unpack from this in the next three minutes. And then we're going to have communion together. The first thing is this. Jesus wants to teach us in this moment, and I want to encourage you today, is number one, the blessing is through the door of brokenness. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he embraces the humble. The blessing we're looking for, make no mistake, we're here today looking for a blessing. We're looking for the goodness of God, the presence of God, the closeness of God. But the blessing we're looking for is actually in the broken. The blessing's in the broken. Our brokenness in God's presence causes us to respond with passion. And that passion leads to closeness, and that's the blessing. This woman, because she felt the brokenness, and then she felt God's forgiveness causes her to rack recklessly with passion, breaks open her life savings and pours out. And because she reacts passionately, God draws closer and makes her whole, and that's the blessing. The blessing we're looking for is the closeness of God. It's not in a pay raise, though we, some of us need it. It's not in status or influence, though that's not a bad thing. The blessing that every man and woman needs is to feel the closeness of God. The blessing is in the brokenness. And when we feel his presence, we respond with passion. She responded recklessly. I want to encourage you today, if you're a guest or this is your church, we will not apologize for being over the top for Jesus. We're a passionate church. We sing loud and we're getting louder. We give our money passionately. We invite people to church. Why? Because you don't know where we were when he found us. 
You don't know where I was when Jesus came into my life. You don't know the mess I was in, the cracks in my life, the mess my life was in. You don't know where I was when Jesus met me in my brokenness and said, no, no, I see a future and a hope. I know some of your stories. We, not everybody knows where you were when you met Jesus. Your life was a mess of hopelessness and shame. We were broken people, discarded by life, going, their value has dropped because of that choice, because of that relationship, because of that business, because of what they said and did. And people started shunning us, unfollowing you, stop inviting you, and you felt discarded like a broken piece of furniture or a used car. And Jesus walked into your life and my life, and because of that, we respond with passion. I won't apologize for being excited about Jesus. If people can line up for a new phone, if people can wait for an iPad and spend hundreds on an iPad in an airport, I will give my life, my finances, my past, and my future to Jesus Christ, and I will do it over the top. Why? Because you don't know where I was when he found me. You don't know what I was struggling with when he walked in. We are over the top passionate. Why? Because the blessing is in the broken. Psalm 51:17 says it this way. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. All he embraces, he will not reject. God does not rebuke. God does not push away when we have a broken spirit. There's such a humility there going, I don't have much and I don't deserve good. And God goes, that's exactly who I'm looking for. Number one you need to know is God embraces the broken, that the blessing is through the door of brokenness. Here's the second thing you need to know. We're all broken. Some of you just don't know it yet. Simon in this room, in this story, he has it all together. The right job, the right status. He knows what to do in church. He's dressed right, the right house. And in the moment, Jesus flips the script and says, you think she's broken. Simon, you're actually jacked up. You're messed up. You got more issues than Time Magazine. Simon, you are broken. Was that a pun? I'm so sorry. He forgave me, so sure you. In that moment, Jesus all of a sudden had God look at him and said, I'm actually rebuking and distancing myself from you. Why? Because you're actually full of pride. Simon was broken. He just didn't know it yet which actually made him the most broken of all. God's closeness is a blessing. Come on out, worship team. is a blessing for the broken. Today I want to encourage you, that's what communion is. Communion says this, he took the bread and he blessed it as he broke it. Isn't it interesting because if we're not careful, whether you do communion like this or you do it another way, it can become a ceremony where it's like, right, we walk in, we sing three songs, two songs, take an offering, preaches, do communion, take, we go, and we just become this ceremony. But if you understand what happened, in the, he, was, he was typing, he was foreshadowing his own body, which was both to be beaten and broken. And he's like, I am the bread of life. He's like, I'm gonna take this bread, I'm gonna break it, because there's a blessing in the brokenness. And because Jesus became broken, we got the blessing of the closeness of God's presence. You can start handing out communion. Just hold the communion when you get it. We're going to take it together. Communion demonstrates what God wants you to know today. If you walk in here, some of you know you're broken. You walked in going, my relationships are a mess. If you knew my parents and why I came out of some of you, 
have been abused and messed with. And some of us in this room, you've abused and messed with people emotionally. Other ways. And you know you're a mess. And God goes, in the brokenness, when you bring it to me, there's a blessing of closeness. Some of us in this room, that's the problem of coming to church sometimes. The longer you're here, you start to forget that you're broken. That's why I love this church. We know we're broken. Your pastor is broken. This is a platform, but, but it, this is a stage, but it's not a platform. There's a difference. It's, it's not a level higher. My God, I got issues. God's helping me. I'm reminded I'm broken today during worship. I'm reminded, God, thank you for your mercy. It triumphs over judgment. I don't deserve the wife I have, the kids I have, the job I have. I don't deserve this church. Me and my wife don't deserve the pastor in this. Why? Because we know where we were when he found us. That's why we love people walking in. Listen, we're looking for more broken people. If you're not broken, this isn't the church for you. But the thing is, we're all broken. So bring your broken friends, bring your broken life, bring your past and your present. Why? Because when you bring it to the master, he blesses you with his presence. That's why some of you walk in here, we get your messages like, I just cry all the time. I don't know what it is. I feel, why? Because you're starting to feel maybe, 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 maybe there is hope. Maybe there is a second chance. Maybe someone does believe in me. Maybe there is value to my, maybe I'm not too far gone. Maybe I'm not kicked to the curb for it to be recycled. Maybe there's actually a purpose for my life. There's a blessing in the brokenness and we're all broken. Today, as we get ready to take communion, I want to remember that you're broken. We don't hide our brokenness, we bring our brokenness. If you're broken today, you're in the right place. If you don't think you're broken, you're so broken. But God has a plan and a promise today. We're gonna to sing this song before we take communion. Can we all stand to our feet today? They're gonna to keep passing out communion. Can we sing this hollow grave that we won't forget before we take together and remember the promise of his blessing?